May we humble our hearts before Almighty Yahweh. Heavenly Father Yahweh, as we gather here today, we seek your blessings on this gathering and the words that will be heard and spoken. And we pray, Almighty Yahweh, that you'll bless your people as they come out to understand and know your ways. And as we stand here between feasts of the seventh month, we're so grateful for being called out in the Feast of Trumpets, for humbling our hearts at the Yom Kippur, at the Atonement. And now we look forward to the grand finale, Feast of Tabernacles, last great day. We pray that many who are coming will be given safe journeys, safe travels, that they may be blessed in their doing so as they sacrifice to come before you as Israel sacrificed during these days, taking the best lamb, the best bullock of their, of their flocks and herds to come and present them before you. So we pray, Almighty Yahweh, that you'll bless now this day. We look forward to the coming days of rejoicing and learning more of you. And through this prayer and blessings we ask in Yahshua's name, hallelujah. You may be seated. Great, great music, hallelujah. And I couldn't know the difference if all the keys were out. I don't even know what he's talking about. But it was great. Okay, everyone. Put away your books. Take out your paper and pencil. We're going to have a pop quiz. Those words tied this schoolboy's knots in stomach in knots. I can't even say it right. Every time I heard it. And now it's my turn. So let's have a pop quiz. But you don't need a piece of paper. Just maybe... Uh, Reach back in your mind and uh, think about it. Which of the Ten Commandments begins with the word remember? Remember. Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That's the fourth commandment, of course. Remember. Zakar in Hebrew, and it means that's the same word that Yahweh uses in Genesis 19, where the rainbow is placed in the sky. And by it, Yahweh says he remembers Zakar, the everlasting covenant he made that he would not destroy again, ever, the earth with a flood. It's a word that means to mark, and mark is linked in a perpetual promise by Yahweh. Just as the Sabbath is a perpetual promise. Perpetual. And it's amazing how What's happened to the Sabbath through the years, through the last 2,000 years? What's happened? I want to talk about that today. Isn't it remarkable, though, that Satan, in a last-ditch effort to destroy Yahweh's people and to defeat Yahweh's purposes, throws out a flood, throws out a flood in Revelation 12, 16. And Yahweh, who always keeps his promise, his words, a car, opens up the earth and drains away the flood. No more is he going to let the flood hinder his people in this world. Well, it also shows that Satan has some what uh, ability, some power over nature. Have you thought about that? Remember when Yahshua was in the boat with, the, with his apostles, disciples, and 
The storm came up, and they were all worried that they were all going to drown, and Yahshua calmly wakes him up. He's even sleeping over it. Stops the storm by rebuking the winds and the sea as if they were animate, as if they were controlled by somebody. I think that's fascinating. Now, in direct contradiction to Yahweh's promise and his covenant, which one of the Ten Commandments does more than, than all to bind us to him, which one do they say is no longer in effect of all the ten The one commandment we are specifically told to remember is the only commandment that's been universally ignored and forgotten. Most churchgoers will agree that the nine other commandments are still important, but has been drummed into their heads that the fourth is no longer needed, no longer legitimate, no longer necessary. Another another question. Which one of the Ten Commandments does Yahweh say is so important it's the very sign showing that you are his? You are his people. Exodus 31, 14. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto, unto you. Everyone that defiles it shall surely be put to death. For whatsoever, whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Then he defines it. Six days you work. The seventh is a Sabbath. Seventh is a Sabbath of rest, holy to Yahweh. Whosoever does any work on the Sabbath, he shall surely be put to death. That's pretty serious, isn't it? Pretty serious. Now notice verse 16. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant, a zakar, a word of promise. It's a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth. and the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Interesting, Yahweh was refreshed. Just as we get refreshed when we keep the Sabbath. It was an example for us. He did it. That was his purpose, to show us. He was renewed. He was revived. When he rested on the Sabbath, just as we are, when we keep the Sabbath, we're revived. All honest scholars will agree that the commandments are necessary today. No human being with any common sense at all can say that we don't need law to survive as a culture, as a nation, as a people. Nobody would say that. And the Ten Commandments in particular protect us in this life from each other and from the evil. No society can survive without laws. But Yahweh calls his laws holy, just, and good. They go beyond just protection. They offer something more. When it comes to the fourth commandment, though, which identifies the one we worship, howls of protest come up. Just as certain as the sun will rise tomorrow. Why? Because when you keep the Sabbath, you're denying yourself. You're denying yourself what you would like to do on this day. And people don't like that. They don't want to deny themselves anything. What you want to do on this day in deference to Yahweh, that grates against people's nature because they haven't learned to humble themselves before Yahweh. The fourth commandment is the only one upon which a covenant was established. Now, seeing how critical this fourth commandment is, if you were Hasatan, which one would you target? Which one would you zero in on? 
Which commandment would you, would you use in your agenda to defeat Yahweh's people? Which commandment would you use more than any other to cause division in a family with an unbelieving spouse? With which commandment would you create conflict for a believer with his or her employer? Which commandment would you make the most enticing to break? With all sorts of conflicts of the world, all sorts of temptations in the world, entertainment diversions, sports games, movie premieres, special store sales, the epicenter of a dizzying array of activities that keep people from honoring Yahweh on his special day. When I applied for a job early on, I had a young family. I was desperate, didn't have any work. I had left a job, forced to leave through certain circumstances, and I applied for a job and told the employers there that I could not work on Saturday. And they hit me with, well, if we give you Saturday off, what are we going to do with all the Jews that work here? I thought, you know, they should be taking it off too, shouldn't they? Why don't you get a special dispensation from your minister? And how about this one? Why don't you just worship on Sunday like all the rest of us do? Let's zero in on this last one, Sunday worship. What do the scriptures say about Sabbath and Sunday? The seventh day is called the Sabbath. Nowhere in the Bible is Sunday called a Sabbath. One minister years ago offered $1,000 to anyone who could find in the word, in Yahweh's word, one verse that identified Sunday as the Sabbath. After 40 years, he's still waiting to award his $1,000. It ain't there. Sunday is always referred to as the first of the week. Actually, day has been inserted, especially in the King James. It's really the first of the week, and people then jumped to the conclusion that that's Sunday. Not necessarily. First day is found eight times in the word, and most of the time it doesn't mean Sunday. First day of the week, or first of the week, I should say. All clerics know it. Okay, here's the facts. Did Yahweh bless and hallow the Sabbath? Yes, he did. Did he bless Sunday? Let's see. Genesis 2-3. And Elohim blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which Elohim created and made. At creation week, when Yahweh rested on the Sabbath, what day was it? Was it Saturday or Sunday? He rested on Sabbath. Did he rest on Sunday? Let's see. Exodus 20:11. For in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. He set it apart. No church did it. He did it. Did Yahweh command the keeping of Sabbath? Yes. Did he command the keeping of Sunday? See for yourself, Exodus 20, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahweh, your Elohim. In it you shall not do any work, you, your son, your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, and anyone in your influence. Not even your cattle nor your stranger that was in your gate. Somebody asked, well, are we supposed to let our animals fast? Well, that one I don't know. You know, like on atonement? 
I don't know. I just know that it's good to do as little work as possible. And I know, you know, dairy farmers have to milk the cow or the cow stops producing milk. But you do as less as you can if you're in a situation like that. Um, I told one farmer it's best just to get out of farming, but that's kind of hard to do, and that's, you know, that's all you do, and that's all you know. Did he call the Sabbath his holy day? Yes, he did. Did he call Sunday his holy day? Take a look. Isaiah 58, 13. If you turn your way your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of Yahweh, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. See, you're sacrificing, just as Ezra was taking an animal to the temple or the tabernacle and sacrificed it, the priest, you know, made it... uh, killed it and sacrificed it, used its blood as an atoning. You do the same thing with the Sabbath. You sacrifice yourself in all those different ways. Things you want to do, I can't, I will not. It's Yahweh's day. I'm holding it special for him because he said I'll be blessed if I do. Does he offer great rewards for keeping holy the Sabbath? Yes. Does he offer the same for Sunday? Sorry. Isaiah 58, 13, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath... Then shall you delight yourself in Yahweh, and I will cause you to rise upon the high places of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. For the mouth of Yahweh has spoken, and I believe this is also very prophetic, probably even more prophetic than uh, right now. Will the Sabbath be kept in the kingdom? Yes. Will Sunday be kept in the kingdom? Let's see. Isaiah 66, 23, and it came to pass that from one new moon... It shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, says Yahweh. I don't see Sunday here. Should believers pray to keep the Sabbath command? Yes. Should they pray to keep Sunday? Here it is, Matthew 24, verse 20. But pray you that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Did righteous women observe a Sabbath according to the commandment? Yes. Did righteous women observe Sunday according to a commandment? Let's see. Luke 23, 56. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Now, if Yahshua was to become our rest, people, you know, they, they throw the Sabbath off on him. He did it. We don't have to. He's our rest. We don't have to rest. You know, he, he did it. Uh, if, that, if that's the case, why didn't these devout followers know that his death had just obliterated the Sabbath? They didn't have to worry about it, or any Sabbath, even a high-day Sabbath. Why didn't they just rest in him? After all, he was resting in the tomb. Was it Yasha's practice to keep the Sabbath? Yes. Was it Yasha's routine to keep Sunday? Your call. Luke 4.16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up for to read. There he was, keeping the Sabbath, worshiping on the Sabbath. Was it Paul's manner to worship on Sabbath? Yes, it was. Was it his manner to worship on Sunday? Let's find out. Acts 17.2, and Paul, as his manner was, went into, the, into them and three days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. Now, these are both Jews and Gentiles, by the way. It wasn't just for Jews. Gentiles were there, too. In fact, the whole city came together at one point to hear him on the Sabbath. Were people punished by Yahweh for breaking the Sabbath? Yes, they were. Were they punished by Yahweh for 
Breaking Sunday. Let's see. Jeremiah 17, 27. But if you will not hearken unto me to hallow the Sabbath day and not to bear a burden, even entering in at the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire in the gates thereof and shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem and it shall not be quenched. Pretty serious stuff. You've got to take him seriously when it comes to the Sabbath. Was Paul seen making tents on the Sabbath? The tent maker, was he busy you know, doing his thing on the Sabbath? Acts 18.4, and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. He was there. He was not working his job. The Sabbath is not a day for secular work or for doing your own pleasure, for doing your own thing. Paul did Yahweh's bidding on the Sabbath. Are the Sabbaths a sign for our sanctification? Yes, they certainly are. Is Sunday a sign of our sanctification? Ezekiel 20, verse 12, Moreover, also I gave them my Sabbath to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am Yahweh that sanctifies them. What does sanctify mean? It means set apart. When you keep the Sabbath, you're set apart. You're set apart for Yahweh. Now, in light of all this, why on earth do 99.9% of worshipers today work on the Sabbath and worship on Sunday? Isn't there some kind of strange thing going on here? What's going on? Which of the millions of Sunday believers would give you even a feeble reason why they keep Sunday? Ask them sometime. At many jobs and organizations, the reason typically given as to why things are done that way is because that's the way they've always been done. That's typical. And even when it's counterproductive, it's the way we've always done it, so that's the way we are always going to do it. Tradition is a powerful force, very powerful. It's like inertia. You know, a body at rest stays at rest. A body at motion stays in motion. We humans are creatures of habit. We do what we do simply because that is what we usually do or have always done. It's an enemy of the truth, however. Churches base most of what they practice not on scripture but on church tradition. Christian churches are that way. Even the Jews are that way. Well... The rabbis say, the Talmud says, that's all man-made tradition. But that's what they go by, not the Bible. Like keeping pagan holidays. No one ever stops to ask why. They just fall into it every year. They're getting around, getting geared up right now for Halloween. Next will be, well, they skip right over Thanksgiving, so that's kind of religious. So then they go right on into the Xmas time. Doesn't matter if it flies in the face of everything in Scripture. We do it because that's what we have always done. It's just our habit, you might say. Years ago, I found this story. I think it's fitting to repeat now. One of the czars of Russia, while walking in his park, came upon a sentry, a sentry standing guard over a little patch of weeds. He says, what are you doing here? The sentry, sentry replied, all I know is that, that the captain of the guard ordered me to stand over this spot. The czar sent for the captain. Captain, what is this man guarding? The captain answered, all I know is that, this, is it, uh, that the regulations call for a sentry to be posted here. The czar then ordered an investigation, but no one in the government of Russia knew 
why this spot needed to be guarded. Then they opened the royal archives and the mystery was solved. The record showed that a hundred years before, Catherine the Great had planted a rose bush on that plot of ground and ordered a sentry posted there to keep people from trampling on it. Eventually, the rose bush died, but nobody thought to cancel the order. And for a hundred years thereafter, guards stood over a spot where a rose bush once had grown. Year after year, they guarded nothing, and no one ever questioned why. For millennia, people have been worshiping on a weekday for nothing, with no biblical justification at all. All that survives are ancient directives from Roman church fathers. That's all that's there. No scriptural support whatsoever. Three centuries after the Bible was completed, church and government leaders in Rome tried to stamp out true Sabbath worship, keeping, and transfer its sacredness to a common working day, the first day of the week. Many Sabbath keepers died because of it. Talk about the Waldensians and some of these others who had to run up into the mountains of uh, France and Switzerland to be slaughtered by the church when they found them because they were keeping the Sabbath, maybe even the feast days. Many died, and the Church of England did the same thing to these people. Only Yahweh can make a day sacred, and nowhere in the Bible did he sanctify Sunday, the first day of the week. You know, it'd be interesting to knowing the ways of man and bureaucrats to, to listen to some politician concoct reasons to explain why a guard is legitimately posted each day over a bare plot of ground. Almost like, let's do an exercise, okay? You come up with reasons in your typical political way to show why this guard's standing there. Don't tell him the reason. Standing there over this plot and just listen to the different arguments they'd use. To me, that would be fascinating if they're, you know, wanting to do so. In like manner, let's see how the Roman church tells us how they got their authority to make the switch from Sabbath to Sunday for all the Catholic and Protestant churches to follow. I found a Catholic website asking, quote, should Christians worship on the Sabbath, Saturday, or on Sunday? And I'll quote from it. In the Holy Bible, we read, so Yahweh blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it Yahweh rested from all the work that he had done in creation, Genesis 2.3. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, Exodus 28. Still quoting now. So then, why do Catholics worship on Sunday? If you, were to ask, if you were asked by someone, could you provide a valid reason for Sunday worship? There are four main reasons Catholicism worships on Sunday. These are, early Christians worshiped on Sundays. It's that old, that's the way we've always done it, so that's what we're doing now. Reason. Based on pure human authority. They weren't doing it in Yahshua's time. They weren't, apostles weren't doing it. But later on, they started doing it by decree, mainly of uh, Constantine, who, who uh, formalized it. In the Holy Bible, we read that the, that the disciples of Yahshua were plucking heads of grain and eating them on the Sabbath when such was forbidden under Jewish law. Really? Where was that forbidden under Jewish law? He doesn't explain. Now that day was a Sabbath, so the Jews said 
to the man who had been cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful you to carry your mat. But he answered them, the man who made me well said, take up your mat and walk, John 5, 10 to 11. From these passages, we see that Yahshua did not set strict restrictions regarding the Sabbath. Hold on. That wasn't work. Okay, Yahshua healed a man. Just so he could be a testimony to others about doing right things on the Sabbath day. We're not talking about work here. Quoting again, in fact, Yahshua proclaimed himself as L-O-R-D of the Sabbath. Then he, Yahshua, said to them, the Son of Man, Yahshua, is L-O-R-D of the Sabbath, Luke 6, 5. Therefore, it is up to Yahshua to determine what can and what cannot be done on the Sabbath. Nothing here about repudiating the Sabbath or changing it or anything like that. They're, 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 see, they're giving an argument but not completing the argument. They're just throwing it out there, and you're supposed to jump to the conclusion, oh, okay, Yahshua changed the Sabbath. Never did. He kept the Sabbath. Elsewhere in the Holy Bible, we read that St. Paul, I'm still quoting, informed the Colossians that they should not be disturbed by those who condemn them for observing the Sabbath. Therefore, do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food and drink or of observing festivals, new moons, or Sabbath. Colossians 2, 16 to 17. Why did he inform the Colossians not to be disturbed because of their worship on Sundays? That's what he said. Hold it. Hold the phone. Where does Sunday come in? He just, he jumped to Sunday when it's talking about the Sabbath. Watch it when people start doing stuff like this. You got to hold them to it. Put their feet to the fire. Because they'll make up stuff that isn't there. Where did Sunday enter in? To Colossians 2, 16 to 17. It says Sabbath. Let no man judge you in the Sabbath. Nothing about Sunday. It's because from the early days of the church, Christian worship took place on Sundays, not on Saturday. Again, tradition. This was implemented to recognize who the Christians were. I don't know what that means. The Jewish people worshipped on the Sabbath in the synagogues. The Christians worshipped on Sundays in their homes, in the catacombs, any place that was convenient and safe. Who did Yahshua trust the oracles, the law to? Christians or Jews? Who knows better? Who knows the law better? Jews or Catholics? The Catholic Church possesses the key to the kingdom of heaven. Through Peter, they say. Yahshua said to Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Matthew 16, 19. Yahshua gave Peter the authority to change the day of worship from Saturday to Sunday. Book, chapter, and verse. I'd like to, I'd like to read that. All Yahshua was doing here was recognizing that Peter's outreach to the Gentiles was key to their salvation. But not just to Peter, he gave the same command, the same responsibility to all the disciples, all the apostles in Matthew 18, 18. It wasn't just to Peter. Peter and Yahshua both said that Yahshua was the rock, Petra, on which the assembly would be built and give its authority to, not Peter. Did you know what the word cardinal means, hinge? Catholic cardinal is a hinge. It's a hinge on the door to heaven or hell. That's, that's where they get this. The hinge, when it swings open, you know, you, 
you're doomed, you fall through. They not, Yahshua, become judges of salvation, you see, I guess. Third reason, Catholicism keeps Sunday. The, the resurrection was on Sunday. You knew that we couldn't leave this subject without bringing that one up. First uh, uh, Corinthians, uh, I don't want to go there. Uh, hearing, I'll get to that. Hearing the resurrection, justification, is the most pathetic argument of them all for Sunday worship. Through the glorious resurrection, Yahshua elevated Sunday as a day of importance, it having become the day of the LORD. Yahshua could have resurrected on, as they say, the Saturday, but he chose the Sunday. They don't even have these facts right. Yahshua did rise from the tomb on Sabbath, not on Sunday. Remember? Matthew 12, 40. Exactly three days and three nights, he said, I will arise. The only sign given that he is the Messiah. The only sign, and they messed that one up. Three days and three nights. When was he put in the tomb? Late before sundown on Sabbath. That means he would rise. When? Right before the end of the Sabbath. Same time. Exactly three days and three nights. But they say, oh, no, it's Sunday morning. Well, they, they mess up because the women came to the tomb. You know, when the sun came up, there they were. Now, they, oh, he must have just rose. So it's Sunday. No, he was gone by that time, already gone. The fourth reason is Acts 20, they say. On the first day of the week when we met to break bread, Paul was holding a discussion with them. Since he intended to leave the next day, Acts 20, verse 7. Now, hold on here. Why did they come together? The Greek says to break bread, to eat a meal, not to worship. They weren't worshiping on Sunday. When was this? The first part of the week. Nothing says specifically about the first day of the week. Day is italicized. Did you know the origin of the church collection plate on Sunday is in the Holy Bible, they say? Now, concerning the collection of the saints, you should follow the directions I gave to the churches of Galatia. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put aside and save whatever extra you earn so that collections for the church need to be taken when I come. This is 1 Corinthians 16, 1 to 2, annotated. I, I used their reasoning in this verse. I'm sorry, I, I didn't quote that verse right. That's not how my Bible reads. Mine says in 1 Corinthians 16, 1, now concerning the collection for the saints, okay, as I have given order to the assemblies of Galatia, even so do you. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, upon the first of the week, the words day and every week aren't there, let every one of you lay by him in store whatever he may uh, be prospered by in order that there be no gatherings when I come. How long does it take to take a coin out of your pocket? Why do you have to gather long before Paul made it there? The only reason because you've got stuff. You've got stuff to give to him for the saints, not the church. And they were going through all sorts of drought and famine, and he says, I've got to get these people some help, you know? I've got to get them. This is the Red Cross in action back then. When I come, whomsoever you shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring your liberality into Jerusalem. I'll send different emissaries to come pick this stuff up. And whoever you tell me to send, I will. Doesn't necessarily mean he ran around the whole area trying to collect money, or 
yeah, collect, I should not money, foodstuffs. He was setting up a special collection program for the famine in Jerusalem. Let's face it. Look it up, Romans 15, 26. It's specifically for the saints, not for the church. Liberality means gifts, not tithes, not offerings. It's also called gatherings, not offerings. The fifth reason for the switch from Sabbath to Sunday, they say, is Pentecost Sunday, when the Holy Spirit chose, as a person, to come to the Catholic Church on Sunday, end quote. By the way, there was no Catholic Church back then. At Pentecost, there was no Catholic Church. Those gathered at Pentecost were all Jews. Little fact they're not going to tell you. Here are some quotations from the Catholic website. Therefore, those who worship on the Saturday, they do not recognize the tradition of the church since its early days. Remember what Yahweh says about man-made traditions? He condemns them. He condemns them that take the place of the word. Mark 7.13, making the word of Elohim of none effect through your tradition. Exactly what's happening here. Exactly what's happening here. They don't recognize Yahshua's gift of the Catholic Church of the keys of the kingdom of Yahweh. That's what they say. Given to all the apostles, by the way, not for the Roman church. They do not consider the day of Yahshua's resurrection as an important day that should be remembered every week. His death is remembered once a year. Once a year, never his resurrection, and not on Sunday either. Nor do they consider the coming of the Holy Spirit to the church on Sunday as a worthy gift to be remembered every Sunday. No, but on Pentecost we do remember it. Now you know why Catholics worship on Sundays. Interesting that uh, they say, well, Peter, he became the first pope. So they got a Jew becoming the first pope. Does that make any sense? The first day of the week is commonly referred to as the Lord's Day in Christianity. They use Acts 20, verse 7, and 1 Corinthians 16, 2 as the authority for that statement. So let's look it up. Acts 20, verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the apostles, disciples, came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Do you see any reference here to the Lord's Day? In truth, this actually says in the Greek, the first of the Sabbaths, meaning in the count toward Pentecost. That's all it means, Feast of Weeks. 1 Corinthians 16.2, upon the first day of the week, now day is in italics, let every one of you lay by him in store as hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Again, no Lord's Day here either. Why a big preparation if only to gather money? And why come early if only to gather money? Just knock on the door and say, hey, I need some cash to help people in Jerusalem. Big deal. No, it's not talking about money. It's not talking about collection plate. And it's not talking about church. Lord's Day is a reference in the scriptures to the coming of the Messiah, not for worship on Sunday. Revelation 1.10. And I'm going to use that term, Lord's Day, because that's what they use. Revelation 1.10. I was in the spirit on the Lord's Day. They'll say, well, he was in the spirit on Sunday. Then he goes on talking about the return of Yahshua. He's talking about Yahshua's return on that time, at that time. 
Amos 5.18 says, don't desire the day of the Lord because it is a day of darkness and not light. How does that square with Sunday worship? Also, Joel 2, 1-2, blow ye the trumpet of Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of Yahweh, I'm going to say it correctly, cometh for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness, gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Doesn't sound like a happy worship day, does it? Look up just a few of the 20 times that you find that term in the Bible. And see that refers exclusively to the day of Yahshua's return, his judgment on this earth. That's what it means. Here's a few. Zephaniah 1, 14 to 18. Zechariah 14, 1 to 3. Isaiah 2, 12. Read how the Lord's day is a day of wrath, trouble, distress, desolation, darkness, and gloominess. Okay. I think you get the picture. Well, he wasn't resurrected on Sunday morning. And second, how does a day of resurrection transform into a worship day anyway? All days of observance in the Bible are authorized only upon direct command of Yahweh, and they are categorized. They are cataloged in the Bible. It's not a man-made leap. Try to find justification and say, oh, it's because he was resurrected on that day. Of course, wrong premise anyway. It's, it's, it's there in the Bible. Just follow the scriptures. It's not hard. Well, it's hard to follow maybe. It's not hard to understand. A lot of people have trouble following it. But when you're converted, you follow it. You know you want to be Yahweh's, one of Yahweh's own. So you do what he says to do. You sacrifice for him as Israel sacrificed. All the days that are commanded in the Bible of the direct command of Yahweh. There is no direct command for Sunday worship. You won't find it anywhere. And that guy still has $1,000 for you if you can find it. There's not a single biblical reference, suggestion, hint, or possibility that change occurred from Sabbath to Sunday. It's not there. Let alone a sanctioned command or decree from Yahweh. Nothing. Zero. And yet, what does everybody do? They worship on the first day of the week. It's the authority of the Roman church. They say they have such power because they gave, uh, the power was given to Peter as the first pope. So as a Jew, the first pope, the very religion they wanted to separate from, they made the leader. You know, the, the, the church is full of such contradictions, just full of them. And that's why people like John Hess and others were killed because they pointed these things out and they hated them for it. Remember that Paul said there were already heresies in the works even in his day? Are we going to base our faith on heresies? It says it has the authority to change the very biblical day of worship, the primary, most important thing, and they change it. Didn't Yahshua say in Matthew 15, 3, why do you transgress the commandment of Yahweh by your tradition? The church, because of its anti-Semitism, sought to separate from Judaism and what they perceived as Jewish worship. They changed Passover to Easter because of that. And the Passover memorial to rites of the daily mass, an annual thing into a daily thing, and they changed the whole concept of it. 
The implication is that the Sabbath is also Jewish and therefore had to be changed as well. And so many, as so many do, the Sabbath is lumped together with animal sacrifices and circumcision. Since when does a change in worship rites change, change the command? Where does it affect when the Sabbath is observed? If a man divorces his wife, does that obliterate the tradition, the, the uh, institution of marriage? Where was the Sabbath included in ritual changes? Yahshua's sacrifice was a bridge for the Gentile to join the covenant of Israel, not replace Israel. Isaiah prophesies that after the holy Sabbath has been trodden down many generations, it is to be restored in the last days. I find this thrilling when I read this. Isaiah 58, 12. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places that you shall raise up the foundations of many generations and shall be called the repair of the breach, something that's been broken down. The restore of paths to dwell in. Brethren, I see this in us all over the place. Bring back the fundamental truths ignored for centuries, and no wonder we're going to get pushed back for it. Because it goes against the famous traditions, the loved traditions of the church, which includes Yahweh's name, his Sabbath, and his feasts. Imagine, he's talking about you, brethren. It's talking about you now, in this day, as the world keeps getting farther and farther separated. As it started out 2,000 years ago, it was way out there now. You're there repairing the breach because you're going back to what was originally commanded by Yahshua and his apostles and practice at that time. I find that just thrilling. He says, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of Yahweh, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then shall you delight yourself in Yahweh, and I will cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of Yahweh has spoken it. Thirty years after Yahshua's death and resurrection, it's still called the Sabbath. It's still called the Sabbath day. Look it up, Acts 13, 14. Why wasn't it switched to the first day of the week? Paul the Apostle to the Gentiles called it the Sabbath day. About the year 45, Acts 13, 27. Did not Peter know? Or shall we believe modern teachers who affirm that it stopped? being the Sabbath at the resurrection. Luke, writing as late as the year 62, calls it the Sabbath day in Acts 13.44. Nothing's changed. Nobody changed it, except the church. It was routine to hold prayer meetings upon that day, Acts 16.13. Paul read the scriptures in public meetings on that day, Acts 17.2-3. It was his custom to preach upon that day, Same thing, Acts 17, 2 and 3. The book of Acts alone records a record of his holding many meetings on that day. See Acts 13, 14, 44, 16, 13, 17, 2 and 3. Here are some simple facts concerning the first day of the week. 
I'm running a little long. I'm going to wrap this up. Yahweh commands us to work on the first day of the week, Exodus 20, 8 to 11. None of the patriarchs, prophets, or Yahshua ever observed Sunday as a worship day. Yahweh commanded, or even as a rest day for that matter, Yahweh commanded that the gates of the temple be closed on Sunday, not open for worship. Exodus, uh, Ezekiel 46.1. Yahweh, Yahshua, and the apostles, including Peter, worked on Sunday. It was never blessed as a day of worship, a day of rest. The New Testament nowhere forbids work to be done on the first day of the week. You can go ahead and work as hard as you want. People drive by here, see all these cars here on Sabbath, nobody doing anything, but boy, they come by here on Sunday, and it's a flurry of activity around here. Working, it's a regular work day. And there's no penalty for working on it either. In an ironic twist, I just have to throw a couple of these in. The Catholic Church criticizes Protestants for keeping Sunday. Did you know that? They say, it is well to remind the Presbyterians, Baptists, Methodists, and all their Christians that the Bible does not support them anywhere in their observance of Sunday. Sunday is an institution of the Roman Catholic Church. And those who observe the day observe a commandment of the Catholic Church. This was by a priest, Brady, in an address in Elizabeth, New Jersey, on March 17, 1903. If Protestants would follow the Bible, they should worship Yahweh on the Sabbath day. In keeping the Sunday, they are following a law of the Catholic Church. Albert Smith, Chancellor of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, in a letter dated February 1920. There's more I can read. There's lots of these, but I'm going to read the last one. Prove to me from the Bible alone that I'm bound to keep Sunday holy. There is no such law in the Bible. It is a law of the Holy Catholic Church alone. The Bible says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. The Catholic Church says, no, by my divine power, I abolish the Sabbath day and command you to keep holy the first day of the week. And lo, the entire civilized world bows down in reverence Reverent obedience to the command of the Holy Catholic Church. Who said this? Priest Thomas Enright, CSSR, president of the Redemptorist College, Kansas City, Missouri, in a lecture in 1884. They even admit it. I mean, you can come right out. It's amazing. You can come right out and make a a lying statement and people don't care. They don't care. They'll do it anyway. It's amazing. Because of what? Tevier said it in Fiddler on the Roof. Tradition. Remember that tradition? Tradition. We have our traditions. Well, so, do the, so does the church. Very strong traditions. So I'm not criticizing anybody in the churches who worship on Sunday. I'm trying to point out the correct way. And you need to make some changes because salvation depends on it. Once you know the truth, you've got to follow it. We're supposed to walk in all the light we're given. All the light we're given and not ignore anything that Yahweh says. So we hope that many will come to the knowledge of truth through the truth and not keep going with false traditions that dead end and have no hope of eternal life. May Yahweh bless you.